Welcome to the Career Happiness Podcast. My name is Soma Ghosh. I am a careers advisor and the career happiness mentor. This is the second season of the podcast. So if you haven't already listened to all 26 episodes from season one, please go back and check out the list of episodes that are relevant to you. In this season, we'll be talking to more exciting and interesting guests. I'll be talking about job hunting and how you can get noticed more on LinkedIn and be more visible so that you can get a promotion and pay rise. We will also be looking at confidence, self-worth, and also how you can be career happy in relation to your health and overall well-being. So if you are looking for some inspiration in your career and you want to move forward into the next phase for 2020, please stay tuned and listen to the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 41 of the Career Happiness Podcast. In today's episode, I speak with Selena Yankson. And Selena is somebody that I met at a networking event. I actually met her um, at a event, I think, not last year, but the year before that. And um, one of the things that struck me about Selena, not only... Um, are we in a similar kind of line of work? She just had this really, really kind of vibrant energy about her. She was unapologetic in her um, kind of demeanour. She was very, very um, confident. And we just clicked away, not, we, we just kind of clicked, not just in a kind of business sense, but also because of the work we do, because Selena is also in careers, but she's also kind of in recruitment and she's had a really, really diverse background. So after that, we stayed in touch and we've had a few different conversations. And I think with Selena, what I really, really like, apart from the fact that she is just so straightforward and honest, is that she doesn't mince her words. And I really, really appreciate that quality in a person. And a lot of the clients who come to me, even though they're actually introverts, they prefer honesty and they prefer they prefer integrity and um, that kind of authenticness that someone like Selena has but also I just really love the fact that she's got such a diverse cell like kind of she worked in sales like work background and you know she's now in career coaching it's really really interesting to hear about her journey because there were some things that I didn't know about her <laughs> but also I really enjoyed talking to her because she is a really really um easy person to talk to in the sense that there is no kind of um falseness or anything with Selena what you see is what you get and I think that's really really refreshing but I also hope that you take a lot from this episode because like the episode when we spoke to or when I spoke to Oris um, if you haven't listened to that please go back and, and listen to that that's episode 39 we talk a lot about diversity racism inclusion what it's like to be a person of color in the workplace there was a lot of kind of juicy stuff that came out in this episode that I feel like um, not just now with everything that's going on we do briefly speak about um, kind of um, COVID-19 this was recorded kind of whilst we were in lockdown um, and this is now you know going out in May but also we spoke a lot about kind of the different things that are evolved around that and what it's like to be outspoken as a woman of colour so that was really really interesting because I feel like a lot of people who come to me and I work with all women um, and I think that's important to note that I've had a wide variety of clients from different um, backgrounds and ethnicities but one of the reasons I felt it was like really interesting and important to talk about this is because we're not talking about it enough and I felt like Selena was a good person to do that with but also because so many people stay in the dark around this issue um, and they're too scared to say anything um, so I really, really hope that you enjoy this episode. I really, really loved interviewing Selena and um, I hope you get a lot from this. Take care, everyone. Hello, everybody. So um, Selena is with us here today. Hi, Selena. How are you doing? 
Hi, Saima. <laughs> Very well, thank you. Great, great, great. So um, I think it's very interesting, um, you know, in terms of kind of the work that we do. We're both kind of within the career sector, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we met at a, a networking event <laughs> and we seemed to kind <laughs> of just click straight away. I remember just having a really lovely conversation with you, not just because of the work that we do. I think sometimes it's it's not necessarily just about the work dynamics, it's about personality, right? Um, and I wanted, to, I wanted to have you on the podcast for a while. And um, I just want to hear from you then, Selena, in terms of what you do, can you just tell us a little bit more about you and your professional and work background? Yeah, sure. Um, my background, really, I started in administration. And then really the turning point in my career was sales. So I worked for a national daily newspaper for about five and a half years. Um, and that was, shall we say, an education. Hmm. And the reason why um, I pinpoint that role, because it was the first role where I wasn't being judged on who I was, I was being judged on, on the ability to basically bring in money. Hmm. And that really changed my... Um, perception of myself and what I could do so there was that and then I moved from there into event marketing I've been um, an account director for several agencies and then I kind of moved into um, marketing I found myself in marketing and marketing digital marketing has been my kind of staple for a number of years now too many to mention here <laughs> and uh, and then I also started a kind of a, a dual career as a, a career coach. Mm, okay. Okay. So now I'm a, you know, I would really describe myself as a kind of career strategist and personal branding consultant with um, a digital marketing bent. Okay, cool. So in a way, would you, would you kind of say that you've got like a little bit of a portfolio career? Is that always what you wanted then, Selena? Uh, do you know what? I didn't even know what a portfolio career was. You know, it's a word that's kind of appeared for a collection of people kind of moving into different things. I mean, I've worked for many years as an interim. And one of the reasons why I work as an interim is because I wasn't prepared to accept limitations in my work career. Mm. Um, I, you know, I didn't grow up with my parents. So um, I grew up in uh, with foster parents in in Kent you know, white foster parents in Kent. And so the ex expectation you would think from my background would have been very limited, but my foster mother was very ambitious for me. Wow. And, you know, she really instilled that I should, you know, really push myself and do the very best that I could. Hmm. So when I started work, I found that, you know, suddenly people had this perception of me. Yeah. Um, oh, well, that's good enough for you. You're not going to go further. You know, these <laughs> other things are for other people. Training yeah. courses were going to other people who were basically on the same level as me. And I couldn't understand why, why I wasn't progressing in my career. Mm. And therefore, I worked out very quickly that I needed to get away from other people's perceptions of where they thought my career, my abilities were going to go. Yeah. And that's why I would say that I have had a portfolio career because I've, I, I refuse to accept um, any limitations that are put on me from other people. Yeah, no, I, I really, really love that. Thank you for sharing. And I know a lot of people who will be listening to this will <laughs> resonate with that because I can definitely resonate with that, you know, that, that sometimes when you have a strong person like that, it can even be a strong man who's pushing you behind the scenes, a parent or somebody who um, has looked after you. I know my mum had a similar kind of mindset that's from my, you know, you can do anything, why limit yourself? So it's interesting, you've mentioned your business a little bit. Can you just tell us a little bit more about your business? How did it start? And how did you kind of become a career coach? Well, um, because I had started um, contracting as an interim, I was going into lots of different workplaces. And so what happens is that people ask you, oh, um, why are you, a, you know, uh, an interim, you know, uh, where have you been? What other places have you worked? So you automatically start a conversation about your background. So when you tell people a little bit about your background, other people see you as sometimes uh, the length of time I've been an interim is quite a long time. And it was a, a time when it wasn't that fashionable. 
Mm. It was more fashionable to stay in, a, in an organization and have a long and illustrious career and then, you know, get your, you know, your gold cup or whatever it is, or your clock at the end of, you know, 25, 30 years. So that was a, in a time when people were, you know, really um, wedded to a company and they were, and it was frowned upon really to kind of move around. So when I've gone into lots of companies, people have been surprised um, that, oh, you can move around and you can earn money and you can do different things. So I started to talk to people about their careers and it's kind of blossomed from there. So I started informally giving people lots of career advice, helping them with their CVs, um, talk to them about their possibilities. And really, you know, some people think I'm quite motivational and motivating them to sort of be their best self. And that's really how it started. Mm-hmm. And with a lot of overachievers, and I would consider myself probably one of them, yeah. um, I thought, well, if I keep giving people advice, people are going to ask why am, why am I qualified to do so? So mm-hmm. I thought I better get qualified. And that's when I trained to be, um, you know, get a qualification as a coach. Yeah. And, and really, really study the subject um and it's something it's been a complete joy really mm-hmm. it sounds like you really really enjoy it and you you get a lot from um the, the coaching who are the kind of ideal clients that you work with then selena well i started off um talking in schools i mean i think they're the hardest audience you can get you know the teenagers who are kind of flicking paper across the, you know the auditorium so that was a, that was actually quite a, a you know a groundbreaking thing um and I you know I I sort of cut my teeth doing that for free um and then I started really to talk to people in the more corporate space because I've always worked in uh large corporates so I really understand the mentality I understand what it's like to be um a cog in a in a massive machine and talk to people about how they can get better visibility and how they can transition into something they really want to do Mm. But that's really the kind of um, area that I'm in. In terms of the people, um, it depends, to be honest with you. I can take anybody from, you know, male or female, right the way through to kind of like director level and beyond to board level. And because I've done quite a lot of um, uh, talking at board level, being, you know, being on executive committees, um, being in voluntary work as well, you know, it's you get to talk to people and I think with coaching especially one-to-one coaching you need to have a rapport with the, with the person you're going to coach it mm-hmm. coaching doesn't work if if there's no rapport so I think if people are attracted to me as a person mm-hmm. my personality I'm fairly straight talking I'm very practically based uh, in terms of my um, advice I do a mixture of coaching and also mentoring mm-hmm because not everyone has the time to try and find the answers for themselves and sometimes if you've already had that experience then you can walk through your experience with that person but ideally um it's great if the person can you know come to the conclusion themselves because Mm -hmm. obviously that's more of a lasting um transition for them yeah yeah very interesting thank you for sharing that um because i think you know, every everyone is different and I'm sure you've worked with a, a wide variety of clients. I know the clients that come to me are very wide and no person is the same. But what you were saying about rapport, oh, it's definitely it's definitely key, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And I think because I've had sales skills, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a trained salesperson. So it's about asking people to you know, articulate their value. What's mm. their value proposition? How are they going to articulate their value on a CV? What are they going to talk about in their CV stories? How do they perceive themselves? What are they going to say on a video interview? How are they going to come across? All yeah. of these things are really important, things, especially for now. Yeah. The skills are, have, have kind of come full circle. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, and particularly women, don't know how to sell themselves. So I have tended actually to you know, have quite a lot of male um, uh, coaches for okay. quite a little while because I think sometimes, because I'm quite straightforward, yeah. um, men sometimes prefer that. Um, yeah so the women that I get sometimes you know want uh you know they want kind of straightforward information they don't want airy fairiness they want someone who's gonna you know appraise the situation quite quickly and to be able to identify the areas in which they need to you know make their progress and sometimes it's not always the thing the very thing that they want and this is why um 
I've kind of slightly changed my branding and, and, and my positioning because mm. what I was finding, I started off doing people's CVs as often career coaches do. But yeah. what was actually the, the issue was how people were perceiving themselves at work, how they were being perceived, you know, they were leaving because they were unhappy with the boss instead of standing up to the boss or making a sideways move or making a case where they're far more visible, they were just leaving their job. And that's not really sometimes that what was required. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see that. I see that pattern quite a lot with a lot of the women I speak to and you know, they, or they stay in a job and they start job hopping. They go from job to job to job thinking they'll just magically find the answer one day. You know, it's a, it's a reoccurring, um, pattern so one of the things I wanted to ask you um Selena that I found quite interesting is that you you studied law at university and you know you've already kind of explained a little bit today about the lovely kind of broad work experience that you have but what kind of advice would you give to anyone who's listening today who feels that their degree or qualifications are too broad and they are afraid to change their career or path in life Oh my God, I'm so glad you asked that question. When I, um, I didn't have the opportunity. I went to college, as I said, um, uh, my, my foster parents couldn't afford for me to be at college. So I had to leave and get a job hmm. and um, I should have, you know, gone to college. So I had to wait a number of years before I could actually hmm. afford to um, do a, a degree for myself. And the reason why I did a degree was because at the time a lot of jobs were asking for degrees this was the first entry point hmm. um so at, th- at that point you know work experience was good but it wasn't good enough yeah. and so i could see where that was going and you know there was a, a point in my career and i thought well this is it i need to uh, do something about that so i decided to do a law degree and the, even though i was working in marketing i decided to do a law degree because it was something that was going to make me stand out yeah. For that very reason. If you're, in, if you're applying for a job in a sea of people who already got marketing qualifications, you don't stand out. But if you're a marketer mm-hmm. and you've also got a law degree, then people are going to ask you, why did she do a law degree? Yeah. Instead of just doing a marketing degree. Because I find that if you always follow the path of everyone else, then you're perceived in the same way. Yeah. So one of the reasons why I did a law degree is because I'm really interested in law. Mm-hmm. Um, I have quite an analytical side to me. I'm also quite creative. Mm-hmm. I like to write and I needed to um, exercise my writing skills as well mm-hmm. and my analytical skills. And these are things also that you learn in marketing because any marketer will tell you that you have to do terms and conditions. You have to understand uh, the legal parameters in which you can work in terms of marketing product, um, particularly in you know financial services, an area that I've worked in. Uh, quite heavily and also things like pharmaceuticals so you need to understand the the legal framework in which you're working and you need to understand a document and I like to understand uh, things I have a thirst for knowledge so that's one of the reasons why I did a, a law degree but I have to say when I first did it I didn't own it I didn't I allowed people to say oh, you know why did you do a law degree <laughs> and why did you know almost as if they were blaming me and I felt really quite upset about it for the first few interviews and then I turned it around and I thought what does this say about me yeah. what it said about me is that I actually did my law degree when I was working uh full-time I was working four days a week and I did a full-time law degree so I had one full day at college and an, and an evening hmm. which I did all at once and then I had my weekends and I did that for three years yeah hmm. so what does that tell somebody an employer about me it tells me that I I'm very committed i'm very determined mm-hmm. i'm a great time manager i can consume large amounts of um information and i can turn it into something that is uh, meaningful because anyone who's done a law degree will tell you you know you're, you're forever in books yep. uh, to be honest i don't think my time management has ever been as good as that since but <laughs> um but you know i started to talk about what the benefits of that meant so yeah. nobody now asks me oh can i do what am I like as a time manager I just tell them that yeah yeah that shuts down any other kind of conversations because also I can do it over a period of time yeah yeah no that's... So I think anybody who's doing a has got a, a any kind of education be proud of it, but you have to turn it around and see the sales aspects of it you know what yeah. is it about that what you did how did you do it what did you do 
what what have you gained from it what were the lessons that you did and how can you apply that learning to what you're going to do for your next employer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah no definitely I think it's it's really interesting what you're saying there you know how can you apply it to what you're doing now I mean I did a psychology degree and for me now I see patterns of you know the fact that I um there was a personality module that I did within my psychology degree because mm. I attract lots of introverts just oh interesting <laughs> just, just weirdly I mean I'm an introvert anyway but um I, I've, I'm finding that really really interesting and because I studied it I know all this stuff about it but if I hadn't studied it I wouldn't know and I think sometimes we forget what we learn from our degree and how we can apply it not necessarily to daily life but but why but through what we do right so very interesting what you're saying because you're kind of saying you know if you do have a broad career like medicine you know a lot of people have medical uh, careers but maybe they want to change how can that be applied to another career and what can they do to change it so it's making a lot of sense what you're saying there Selena that's really really um interesting thank you for sharing that so um before we kind of recorded um, the podcast, we had a little bit of an interesting conversation actually about this particular um, topic that I'm going to ask you about now. Um, <laughs> I think you know, you know what I'm, what, what's kind of coming next. Um, and I'm seeing more and more women coming to me asking me, Shoma, um, is, you know, um, I feel that I'm being treated differently at work because, you know, Indian or black or whatever. And this question that I want to ask is basically, what advice would you give to a woman of colour who is struggling to progress at work and doesn't get the support they need in the work they're currently in? Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, I would say my foster mother gave me a great piece of advice many years ago hmm. when I was really struggling um, with not going, getting into a grammar school. Yeah. And um, at the time I'd worked really hard and I was devastated and, uh, you know, there was a different kind of way of assessing. I was with, with a new um, secondary education and I had a different way of assessing it rather than an exam. Mm. So it was, you know, you were almost like chosen out of a set and I didn't get in. And I was absolutely devastated because I'd, I'd done a lot of work and this other person who I knew um, had lesser grades than me but her mother was on the school committee mm. so the go- she was a governor and you know she went on and, and went on to grammar school yeah and what I would say to any woman of color is is go where you are wanted yeah and what I mean by that is you don't have to accept somebody's version of you you don't have to accept it and I think this is you know so many women of color or Asian women or you're different to the people that are around you um you know you're treating you're, you're often treated in a different different way don't be afraid to correct people's perceptions of you either mm-hmm. yeah. you don't have to be oh you know the the happy black woman or the aggressive black woman with a chip on the shoulder because you've called somebody out on some you know quite um bad behavior yeah you stand your ground Mm -hmm. have those conversations because this is the way that you have to educate others we have to you know educate others so that we get treated properly and and it's not comfortable and it's not comfortable to be in that position but how are people going to learn some people unfortunately never have to um, educate themselves on anything because you know they have you know they've been at the top of the tree they have connection they have um money they have a confidence that's inbuilt because, you know, they don't have that competition. Yeah. They're not starting at the bottom of the ladder or somewhere halfway in between. They're starting near the top and they've got people to help them. Mm. So what I would say for a woman, a woman of colour, educate yourself on other options. That's number one. Always, ed- when you get into a company, look around you. Where, where is it that you can really add value? Mm-hmm. And I mean that everyone says that, but really, do you, uh, if you're working in marketing, but if the, if the salespeople are the ones who are really the liable of the company, maybe you should be working with them. Yeah. Or if you um, know that there's, you know, the customer services is a lot of a company, maybe you should be working with those people too, or get to know them or mm-hmm. take a sideways move. Yeah. You know, know where you fit in the value chain, because that helps people to see you differently. 
Yeah. That's number one. The second thing is, um, if the work, you know, culture is toxic or unresponsive, you know, they haven't got a program of um, diversity, you know, they're not really interested in, you know, in promoting people who are different from themselves. And you can see that around you either propose that you're going to leave that initiative if that's something that you want and you feel it's right for you or go somewhere else yeah. where your values are going to be appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, and also as well, in terms of education, there are so many, many, many highly educated uh, black women and uh, black men and um, and other people of colour and different cultures. Mm. You know, don't be ashamed of your education. Use it. Start up a side hustle. Yeah. So that you're not putting all your energy into one area. Mm. Because when that goes, or if that's your only area of self-worth, it's very hurtful when somebody says, well, actually, this promotion is not for you, or this isn't for you, or this is going to go to somebody else because they know the manager director or their friends with the... I don't know, the manager's cousin's wife or whatever it is. Um, you know, you need to have something else. Yeah. And that would be my advice, not just to women of colour, but to anyone oh, yeah. who is struggling in the workplace. And also, um, I train on visibility. So obviously, as a person of colour, you're visible anyway, but not necessarily in the right way. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I've written a whole programme of this called Find Your Brilliant, um, you know, simple strategies to basically write your career plan in 30 days and it talks about identifying what you need to do to be more visible you need to mm. let people educate people on your expertise you know showcase what you can do mm. start building a, a personal brand mm. you know and show your value these are the things that are really important yeah. uh, for anyone who wants to move on don't be frightened to take a sideways move Mm-hmm. you know career trajectories this is old information now people don't go up in a career they go sideways they go down and sometimes they go backwards yeah. in order to move forwards yeah. um we're in a digital age now you know this is a level pegging you know this is a very much a a, a level playing field now um those people who adopt digital those people who move forward you can spend time on youtube you know, some of these um, course programs like Udemy, um, you know, LinkedIn has their own course programs. There's lots of ways you can educate yourself. These, some before, um, when I was starting my career, you had to ask your manager. Your manager had to promote you into a fast track to see whether you were going to be the person who's going to be the next manager. So mm-hmm. if you weren't um, picked for that, you know, bye-bye managerial career. Yeah. Now you don't have to wait for that. You can do that on your own. Mm-hmm. So educate yourself on your options, you know, go where you're wanted, you know, have a look and and educate people on who you are, what you want to do, talk about what you want to do, talk about your wins. Yeah. Um, And, you know, make sure that you see people who can sponsor you. And I don't mean people mentoring you. I'm talking about people who can stand up in a room and say, you know, I'm seconding Selena for this position. Yeah. Sponsors are far more powerful in the, in that regard, and men are very good at doing. If there's a difference between men and women in this, men are very good at getting sponsors, whereas women are less so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not really a, a question of women of colour, but it's it's you know people who want to move on in their career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I think, I mean, it's it's really really interesting because that's that's a theme that comes up with the women I speak to. You know, they're very afraid to ask for that promotion or to ask for that pay rise or to go, oh, you know, can I have funding for this or can I do this? I mean, is that something that you see? I know you work with both men and women. But I teach it all the time how to ask. I mean, you know, it's got to be it's got to be there all the time. I'm not saying, you know, asking for ridiculous things, but you've got of to start. Course, of course. Because actually yeah. sometimes they're going to say yes. You oh. know, they're not always going to say no. People will say no. Mm. Um, what sounds teach you? Often people say no because they, because at the time they haven't thought about it. It's bad timing for them or they haven't really seen you in that, in that way. Yeah. Um, and this is what my course talks about. You know, sometimes we don't sell ourselves well because by the time you have done whatever you've done, by the time you're asking, the, the space between your last um, great piece of work and the time in which you're asking the manager was six months ago. Mm-hmm. You've forgotten what those great points were and you haven't reminded your manager of those. So he can't remember. 
Oh yeah, no, no, definitely. And and this is and this is sometimes when people get really angry and annoyed, it's because <laughs> actually the story doesn't sound that great. You don't pick your time. You haven't really concentrated on the work. You haven't concentrated on the value that you can bring. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to help this particular person move their career forward and make them look good in front of their boss. How does it fit with the company strategy? Yeah. You know, sometimes I've been in meetings, you know, where people, you know, have these wild ideas and, you, and everyone's rolling their idea, their, their eyes and thinking, mm-hmm. what has this got to do with <laughs> moving the company forward? It's not that it's a bad idea by itself, but it's not for our company and it's not for right now. Yeah. When there's a strategy that most companies of some description will publish. So mm. any ideas that you have need to fit in with where the company is going. And if the company's chosen three things to move forward with for that particular quarter or that year, then you really need to make sure that your efforts are underpinned um, or certainly underpinned that, that those strategies. Yeah, another mistake that people make that you know they they want to work hard but the work they're doing is not valued yeah no no and also I think a lot of the time they don't know how to what you were saying about you teach it I mean I remember I worked with a client a long time ago Selena she had been working in the same company for a number of years and she wasn't getting the um not necessarily privileges, but the opportunities that she wanted. And it wasn't until she asked for those opportunities because she didn't know how to ask. was the first thing. But it's not just that. It's about sometimes the ultimatum of if that person already does a really, really good job and they're a valued person in that work environment, what will happen if they come out of that? And sometimes an employer will then look at and think, well, actually, we don't want to lose this person because they know too much about the organisation and they do help us. So it's really interesting what you're saying, because I think it's not just, I think, about not being able to sell yourself. It's also about articulating it in the right way, um, I think, is what you're saying as well. If- Absolutely. And then another thing as well is that, I, you know, I call this thing the rear view mirror syndrome. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes you're dealing with people who are frightened of you. Oh, yeah. Let's just get it out there. <laughs> They are frightened of you, your work, the work that you do, the amount of times that I've been told to slow down at work um, because it's an embarrassment to the other people. It's not seen as a benefit. Um, You're working too fast. Other people have to catch up and it's putting other people under pressure. And the first couple of times I I was absolutely poleaxed Mm -hmm. by this because this is how I've been brought up. You know, work, work well, work fast. You know, Mm -hmm. I thought I was working smart, but it wasn't. Mm. It actually was putting me in a situation where um, I was at odds with the people that I was working with, yeah. uh, and particularly um, managers. So, you know, you have to really understand who you're working for. Oh. And I said, the rear view mirror syndrome, because a lot of people, if you, I don't know whether you drive, but um, if you're driving sometimes at a motorway, yes. and you know, sometimes you can see a car, a, a car behind you mm-hmm. coming up in a lane really fast, and yep. you can rear view mirror and you're like sometimes you could be with a driver or you're driving yourself and you're thinking oh my goodness you know <laughs> that's how some feel when yeah. they've got somebody who is great who's good who's gonna do Very the work they feel under threat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everyone is like an old style manager where you know they're thinking oh i'm gonna employ the best person sometimes mm-hmm. employ the person who's gonna give them less traction who's gonna be less of a threat to their job yes and Yes. Time that people are honest about some of the people that you're working with. And that's often um, a real area of friction. So anybody mm-hmm. out there who's having issues with a manager, often it's because you're too good for that manager. That manager is not for you. You're never going to get anywhere because that person's just clinging on to their job. You, you know what's really, really interesting, Selena? I've had a light bulb moment. <laughs> I wish I had met you in 2016. Oh, but at least I've met you now, eh? And I'm interviewing. Well, exactly. I mean, honestly, these lessons... I've been hard won and this is why I can speak honestly and I think Hmm. it's important to speak honestly about how no 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 definitely but it just reminds me of when I was being bullied at work the the manager or the person who thought was my manager she wasn't even my manager by the way um she thought she was I had another manager um (laughs) whenever I would come out with an idea or I would do something well it's not necessarily that she was threatened by me, uh, Selena, I wouldn't say that. But because I was always trying to do things a bit differently, and she was used to, you know, a 
plus B equals C, as opposed to, you know, mm-hmm. doing things a little bit outside the box. She didn't like my approach. And I think sometimes that's the other issue that I see with my clients who are really uber talented. And I'm not saying that because they're my clients. Like sometimes they don't see their potential. And I'm sure you see this. Exactly. With clients. Like they have a lot more knowledge or a lot more skills than they give themselves credit for. But because a manager or a colleague is putting them down or they're going through imposter syndrome, they are, um, and I think this happened to me at work because it is relevant to your rear view mirror um, kind of point here. I was kind of putting a, putting, imagine there's a candle. I was turning the light out on my candle and I wasn't letting it like yes. properly flame. If, and, I'm, and I'm using an analogy, but because I was kind of only sticking to that mode of working, I wasn't able to grow within that job. Yes. And okay. I see it again and again with um, these ambitious kind of go-getting hard-working women that come to me and I'm sure like you know men and women that come to you have the same kind of trajectory and yes we can help them but sometimes it almost they need to uh, have that light bulb moment does that make sense in order for it I think that this is why I say to people go where you wanted I mean I think now it's easier to move job without um the censure that Uh, people have had in the past because I, I was I was reading a, an American report and it's a labor report the other day mm-hmm. because I was writing a, a blog post um, on it and um, it said that you know on average now people can expect to move job in their lifetime 12 or 13 times yeah yeah 12 or 13 times yeah. whereas before it was oh you had to be in a job you know maybe you could change job maybe up to maybe three times anything other than that was seen you, you weren't serious about your career or there was something wrong with you mm-hmm. now you're going to have to get used to that kind of narrative yeah. you know and it shouldn't be an issue when you're talking to a recruiter or you're talking to your network mm-hmm. because every job you go to is a learning experience you're putting mm-hmm. yourself in also as well i've learned such great um best practice going into company after company after company i know now what works and what doesn't work because i've seen it from my own self mm-hmm. and i know oh these people are doing that i know that's not going to work or i do conversely i know what will work and i can put those strategies in place very quickly yeah. and that's you know a benefit to whoever else i'm going to be working for but yeah. a lot of people are very fearful of that because that's not been their path mm-hmm. and they automatically see it as a as a negative yeah. and so what I would say to people is don't waste time. Mm-hmm. You, know, you need to assess it, of course, for yourself. Yeah. You know, if there's a sideways move, if there's a sponsor, if there's another department who appreciate your efforts, if you're you're getting to know people, you know, get to know who's in your organisation. This is another thing that people don't do. So you only know the people that you talk to and no one knows where the work is coming from. You can mm-hmm. be doing great work, but if your manager... Mm-hmm. And I call this, you know, for another analogy, is I call it the manager's tax. Yeah. And everyone pays the manager's tax. So when that person is given a task by his manager, he comes back and says, Selena, Simon, can you do the work? You do the work, you give it to him, and then he presents it to his manager. His yeah. manager, or your manager, is not um, going to say, oh, Simon did that work. Yeah. Or Selena did that work. He's just going to present the result. And to be honest with you, his manager's not interested in who actually did the work because it seemed to be a team thing. Yes. But it's up to the manager to say, look, you know, um, this was really great work, Soma or Selena. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we'd like to see more of that and encourage people. But what happens is, of course, is that people don't speak up for their team. Mm-hmm. They don't speak up. Mm-hmm. And they take that work as their own. And then the people doing the work, you know, feel unappreciated. And, of course, by and by... They, they leave oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, see, I've seen it before I've experienced it so and I know that people listening to this will have experienced it as well I'm sure you have to um... this is one of the biggest reasons why people leave the job not because, oh, yeah, of, the money, yeah, yeah. Not because of the colleagues of course yeah you know because they don't get appreciation they don't yeah. feel their work is being recognized and you know I I think like yourself and we've talked in the past we're, we're very hard working because we yeah. can't afford not to be when you're a person <laughs> of color yeah not to be because everyone's looking at you you're very visible in the workplace and if you're not working very hard all the time trust me somebody's gonna come and yeah. you know, rain on your parade and and say oh that person's not working very hard blah 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 so you i always feel that i have to work twice as hard as the person beside me mm-hmm. yeah. because 
I'm a person of colour and I've always felt that way, rightly or wrongly. Yeah. Because I've been in a lot of um, uh, organisations where unfortunately one colour dominates and it's not my own. <laughs> so oh, my. You, have to, you have to just be aware of, of your environment. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think for people who are not getting the recognition, you need to know more people. And it's, you know, I always make a point of getting to know people. Yeah. Who's doing what? Who are the people in this organisation? Mm -hmm. Who knows this person? Can I get an introduction? Mm -hmm. um, can, you know, show an interest in what other people are doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's where you're going to get introduced. Once you understand what other people are doing, then it makes your job easier to um, add value to theirs. Yeah, no, definitely. The person who adds value, then people don't want to lose you. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Thank you so much for talking about that. It's an important topic, and it, it's a topic that's going to be ever evolving and changing. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you, talk with you about today, Selena, because as we're recording this podcast, we, you know, London is in lockdown due to the. Um, um, COVID-19 um, epidemic that's going on right now, pandemic. And one of the questions I wanted to ask, because I think it's important to ask, is that obviously we're going through this world pandemic right now with the coronavirus. And what do you kind of feel that people who are worried, because there's a lot of people who are worried about their job security, career future, should be mindful of right now? And how do we, how do you feel we as career professionals you know what what do you think we should be doing to help others who need our support at this very crucial time well i think as people i mean as i say as we are speaking about this right this moment i think people will have a bit of time to reassess your skill set and this is where you know um having um various skills is going to pay off because mm -hmm. you can move into other roles now Unfortunately, with this um, pandemic, you know, companies are contracting, um, you know, the trouble, they're having trouble uh, you know, paying their staff and all sorts of things. Yes, there is government help available, but, you know, businesses are going to be hurt by this for quite yeah. some time to come. So I think, you know, from now until 2021, it's going to be quite a tough time on the job market. However, hmm. when these companies recover, they're going to want the best of the best. They're going to want people who are resilient. Mm -hmm. They're going to want people who can lead themselves. They're going to want people who know themselves and they're going to want people who can do the job um, unsupervised because lots of layers of management will be taken out yeah. of this. So I think that's, that's the great thing. Um, and also as well, there's now um, with the pandemic, people are testing homeworking. Yeah. And remote working. So again, this is changing the kind of the work environment. So when you're remote working, you're working. Mm. You know, you put the work in and it gets done. It's, it becomes very clear who isn't working when you're remote working. <laughs> yeah. not working in that sentence, but anyway. Um, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. But but I think but I think that, that, that so there is that. So the whole job area is going to change. Businesses are now going to think, well, actually, we've tested this now. We're going to get rid of our offices or you know, a number of our key offices and we're going to have a lot of home workers. So that's, that's number one. So you've got to, mm -hmm, be, mm -hmm. yeah. be able to lead yourself at home and <laughs> be able to, uh, you know, deliver on your work. Um, you've got to be prepared also to make a sideways move. Yeah. And I think because industries are changing and we are all now on the precipice. Well, in fact, we're here. The future is here in terms of technology. And so, you know, there are jobs that are opening up that we're just, didn't even exist you know far, even five years ago mm -hmm. so I think you know there's opportunities to move into these industries you know like cyber security is, you know, is a massive industry that's happening logistics is a massive industry um, anything that uses AI um, technology is going to be a massive industry so I think all of those things right now um, are things that people should be looking towards um, moving into or making a sideways move yeah Know? Yeah. So they can do the same job that they're doing now, but they just do it for the, one of those organisations or industry. Mm. The yeah. other thing is, is um, be prepared to move into a complementary industry. You know, mm. so if you're working for a bank, you may work. You know, you may work for um, you know um, uh, uh, a, a mobile payments um, organisation. Mm. You know, or an investing organisation. So you know, be prepared to look around. I would also urge anybody to get really familiar with what's happening in the in the markets yes you know use the time to actually look at industries that are going up you know 
some industries have had a great run um, and other industries are now going to go down. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's a fact, but that's, that's the cycle mm. always. So, you know, really educate yourself on the industries, you know, that are, are making good traction. And they're not all big industries either. Mm. You know, there's a lot of fintechs out there who are doing some amazing things in health and health tech, um, in payments, um, in Bitcoin, in all these, all these amazing industries, as, as I've already mentioned. So, you know, really have a look, join up with some meetups, you know, even if you're just interested, you may not be in that industry now, but start being interested now, because I can tell you absolutely in another year from now, there's going to be lots of people running towards these industries. So if you know about these industries and you're interested and you've got some, um, something to say about these industries, industries, and you know where to go, mm. then you're going to, you know, have the the edge when it comes to, um, you know, your CVs and yeah. reaching out to people. Start following people. Mm. You know, I follow um, quite a few people on um, Twitter. You know, for new technologies, because I want to keep up to date. Of course, yeah. You know, I'm a marketer. I'm I'm a career coach, but I also know that for me to be able to advise my clients about what's going on, I need to understand what's happening in industry and work. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's the first thing for those clients. As the second part of the question, and you're absolutely right. You know, as a career strategist, what should we what should we be doing? Yeah. Well, I think there are two things. I think because we've got the web. You know, there's so much free information out there. Mm-hmm. I think it's up to us to put that information out there for those people who, you know, cannot afford to maybe pay for our services. Of course. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, your web, uh, you know, your, your podcast, you know, you do a lot of um, posting on, on LinkedIn, some great posts, really get people thinking, commenting and really connecting. And it's about those kind of connections. Yeah. So I think people should try and, and connect. This is a great time now to connect because actually people are at home doing nothing. So mm-hmm. people want to have a conversation. People are more likely to have to be able to have that conversation with you. So have it, you know, reach out to people, yeah. you know, say that you want to connect, say that you're interested, you know, could they give you an, in, um, an informational interview? This is a great time to do it because these people are no longer busy at mm-hmm. this time. They may be worried, but they're not yeah. busy. Mm-hmm. With lots and lots of phone calls. Um, mm-hmm. And they may be happy to connect because you never know that you may be able to help them. So this is a great time to be able to do that. Um, as a professional, I think it's important to update ourselves uh, with relevant techniques. Yeah. You know, that means uh, smart CVs um, going through, um, uh, you know, these kind of bots, these systems that, uh, you know, have keywords. I also feel quite frustrated that there's still a whole heap of information out there that is so old fashioned. And I feel it's up to us as career strategists to really tell the truth about how things are. Yeah. You know, we're not in a time where um, everybody could get a job. We are not um, in that uh, in that space where, you know, your interviewer is going to ask you some great questions Mm-hmm. you know they're not going to do that you need to know how to read people like you say you're you know you've done psychology you need to know yeah. how to read people who are interviewing you you need to be able to articulate your value yeah. you need to be able to um uh be able to you know uh, you know give proper cv stories uh, you know that put you in a good light but also are true mm-hmm. you know they're not made up you also need to be able to do the work <laughs> a lot of people yeah. out there who can't actually do the work yeah. um they, they've been so used to talking up themselves and, oh yeah you know, they, they've had all these benefits but if we're going to change how we work um people are going to be sending stuff online so if you haven't done the work it's going to be quite obvious mm-hmm. you know everybody these days should be able to write and this is the number one skill now um and that's one of the reasons why i did my law degree because i wanted to be a stronger writer i'm not a trained writer mm-hmm. um but now i write and i write on cora Mm-hmm. which is a question and answer uh, site and that has been an amazing uh, turnaround in terms of my writing skills I now have a body of work on Cora.com mm-hmm. um, of over kind of 350 question, uh, uh, um, answers that I've given on career questions so if people want to um, know more about me they can find me on there I also have my own space on there called the uh, mid-career mentor mm-hmm. and I have over six and a half thousand uh, followers as well so you know and that's worldwide that's global um, audience so i think there are th- certain things we do now and we don't even know when these are going to be useful 
Yeah. Um, so I know now that for me, writing is, is, is going to be an amazing skill that mm -hmm. is going to be so useful. Um, and I think that's something that everyone should be able to should oh, yeah. do, no, definitely. do. And it's an easy thing to start. Mm -hmm. um, we're so lucky that we've got the, you know, the, the interweb at our fingertips. It's so oh, much yeah. Yeah. It is about time, you know, mm. switch off the Netflix, even though I'm, I'm a bit of a Netflix junkie yeah, myself. Me too. You know, it's hard, but, you know, get onto yeah. YouTube, you know, hear some people, you know, be curious, you know, find out about things. Yeah. Um, and as career uh, strategists, we should be doing the same thing. Oh, we yeah, no, 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 definitely. And, mm. you know, making sure we're bringing uh, best practice to the people who are listening to us, using it, um, uh, you know, social media for platforms and helping people to really help themselves. Because I think that's the age that we're in. Yeah. People who are going to help themselves are yeah. the ones who are going to um, win out eventually. No, no, definitely. And I, and I do think the more we're kind of engaging connecting and you know what you said about there are going to be a lot of people out there who may not be able to afford certain services right now but you know if you've got good resources i mean i know you've got an amazing blog um selena i write on my blog too you you write for quora people should be utilizing this kind of information as well if um they're not in a position to work with us but if they are it's about thinking how they can step things up and actually think, okay, I actually really secretly hate my job now, or I actually don't like this anymore, I need help, you know, really reflecting on their future and what they want for 2021 as well. Um, but thank you so much for sharing all that valuable um, advice. So if people want to, so you mentioned Quora already, but if people want to connect with you kind of online, where do you kind of hang out i guess and where are the platforms where well i'm on um i'm on instagram people can find me at um selena yankson um underscore mcm so you can okay. find me there that's my kind of lighter side you can find me on uh at, at, as i say at cora mm -hmm. uh, at mid at mid career mentor that's my space where i put in um lots of different articles and really i use that more as a blog now okay um, i'm just in the process of putting together my mid career mentor website um mm -hmm. so uh, my old website, um, uh, worldwisdom.co.uk, is, uh, you know, going through a, a rebrand at the moment. But, you know, as I say, you can find me there. Okay, then. You can also find me on Twitter at MidCareerMental as well. Okay, then. So when this episode goes out, I will put all of those details in the show notes. Don't worry, they're all going to go on there. Um, but thank you so much, like, for giving such a fab interview and inspiring me as well selena because i think when i have these conversations i get really really inspired too so thank you so so much thank you so much so much for having me i've really enjoyed it and uh you know have a great rest of day yes you too thank you bye bye thanks so much for listening to the podcast it means so much that you listen to this podcast and if you think this has made a difference to your day, please share it with someone else that you know. If you haven't already, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much. If you want to find out more about the Career Happiness Mentor, please subscribe to our newsletter or email me. All the details are in the show notes.